Welcome to our podcast. I am Linda Messer. My husband Ron and I invite you to join us in our weekly broadcast of A New Voice of Freedom. Welcome to Season 4 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 45 is entitled The Stories of the New Testament, Matthew Chapter 5, The Sermon on the Mount, Part 3, Hypocrisy. In Podcast 35, we examined the Beatitudes. In Podcast 40, we examined the Lord's Kingdom. In this podcast, we shall continue with the Sermon on the Mount with a focus on hypocrisy. Matthew chapter 6 begins by distinguishing between true charity and the exploitation of charity. Matthew 6, 1 through 4. Take heed that ye do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, Do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret, and thy Father, which seeth in secret himself, shall reward thee openly. History has shown that charity can be exploited, and people are often moved more by the show of charity than by charity itself. Our politicians today have learned to bribe the poor with taxpayer money. The politicians receive the glory while giving away stolen money, and the poor taxpayers bear the burden. Politicians sound a trumpet before them as they steal our taxes to win votes. Many collect money for charitable purposes, but divert the money for their own gain. Charity, which appears so simple, is a complex thing. How, for example, do you let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth? Christ emphasizes secrecy and promises that the Father will reward you openly. Whenever we want a definition of charity, we immediately turn to Paul in 1 Corinthians 13. Paul elevates charity above the other virtues. It is the virtues listed by Paul that distinguish between those who have the pure love of Christ and the hypocrite. But first, in the next three verses, the subtlety of the hypocrite is revealed. In fact, it reveals that charity isn't the act of giving. It is the intent of the giver. Without the love of Christ, which is charity, all giving is hypocritical. Let me point out that you do not have to be a Christian to have the pure love of Christ. Whether we acknowledge it or not, the Spirit of Christ is given to everyone born on this earth, and it is the driving power behind all things. Christ is the creator of heaven, earth, and all things in the earth, especially including mankind. Without his light, there would be no life. God is behind everything that is good. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains, and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, 
And though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Scriptures are always filled with paradox, as illustrated above. Another example is how can you give all your goods to the poor and yet not have charity? Christ answers the question in the Sermon on the Mount. Take heed that ye do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Then Paul gives an exquisite definition of charity. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, does not behave itself unseemingly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never faileth. All those attributes are Christ-like virtues. Paul listed 16 attributes of charity, long-suffering, kind, without envy, unboastful, not puffed up, proper, unselfish, even-tempered, virtuous, righteous, truthful, patient, humble, hopeful, stable, and constant. Then Paul gives what has come to be called the three theological virtues, listing charity as the highest virtue. And now abideth faith, hope, and charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. All three are necessary attributes to inherit the kingdom of God, but none are sufficient. Many synonyms are given for charity, but one very important synonym is altruism. Webster defines altruism as unselfish regard for or devotion to the welfare of others. It could be defined as pure love a rare virtue, held only in perfection by Christ, who is the only true model of charity. That is why Paul put charity as the greatest of virtues, because if you have true charity, you also have all the other virtues. Pure charity is pure love. The two great commandments involve pure love, love of God and love of man. If we reach that level of love, the other commandments would be superfluous. All commandments of God are extensions of charity. In other words, they lead to charity, meaning they lead to Christ. Hypocrisy is counterfeit charity, or using charity for selfish ends. The Beatitudes all define charity. Among them are meek, righteousness, merciful, pure in heart, peacemakers, patient in suffering. As stated in previous podcasts, everything in the Sermon on the Mount prepares us to enter the kingdom of God, the holy city, the new Jerusalem. Prayer is a formal meeting with God. If you can counterfeit charity, it should not be surprising that you can counterfeit prayer. In the Sermon on the Mount, Christ said, And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corner of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Hypocrisy knows no boundaries. God does not want us to use prayer as an advertisement for piety. It is hypocritical. God looks beyond our words and reads the intent of our heart. The hypocrite gets what he prays for, flattery and the praise of man. The words of the prayer of a hypocrite are meaningless. Therefore, God does not acknowledge the words. He simply allows the hypocrite to receive the desires of his heart, which is praise of the world. As with charity, Christ teaches us how to approach the throne of God through prayer. 
But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut the door, pray to the Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Both charity and prayer have the same remedy, humility, sincerity, and secrecy. God separates the temporal from the spiritual, the natural man from the spiritual man. The hypocrite is not really serving God or his fellow man. He is serving himself and is therefore left to his own devices. Earthly reward is his only reward. Christ acknowledges the sincerity of the heart. He condemns what he calls vain repetition, which is a form of hypocrisy. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think that they shall be hurt for their much speaking. Christ reveals another of the great paradoxes between the temporal and the spiritual. I am sure many have pondered the following words. Be not therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. One could understandably ask, if God already knows what you need, why do you have to tell him? The answer to that question is one of the most important questions we can ask. Why is prayer necessary? The first answer is probably rather obvious. Prayer isn't for God. Prayer is for us. Prayer is connected to our faith, not God's. Faith precedes all miracles. Faith precedes hope. Faith is testimony in action. Without faith, miracles can never occur. Matthew tells us that Christ did not do many miracles in his own town where his family lived because of the lack of faith. And he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. The first principle of the gospel is faith. Faith precedes repentance, faith precedes hope, and faith precedes miracles. Even prayer first requires an act of faith as do works. As James tells us, faith without works is dead. We can see then why hypocrisy sabotages true worship. Hypocrisy in charity and hypocrisy in prayer both leave out the main character, God. They become selfish acts for personal gain. As Paul defines the attributes of charity, which are Christ-like virtues, John teaches us the importance of sincere prayer. Revelation 8, 3-4 And another angel came and stood at the altar, having the golden censer, and there was given unto him much incense, that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne, and the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. Hypocritical prayers have no place nor power in heaven. As God said, they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Christ added, Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But sincere prayers rise to heaven in sweet odors. Revelation 5, 8 And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. The Lord's Prayer, memorized by thousands, has become the model for prayer all over the Christian world. The language of the Bible is beautiful, and like the poetry it is, teaches on many levels. The Lord's Prayer is a prayer often sung by the saints, but it is also a model for all prayers. In our next podcast on the stories of the New Testament, we shall continue with Matthew 6. I shall analyze the Lord's Prayer proposition by proposition. 
assertion by assertion, concept by concept. Please join us each Friday and let us study the New Testament together. Also consider that our podcasts are published daily, Monday through Friday. Please check out our library of over 450 episodes and tell your family and friends. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast.